Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Awesome. Full house again. Really looking forward to this morning. We just have a quick announcement. Chief Ogden, if you could come up. We have an Ironman supported event coming up that David's going to tell us a little bit more about. And then we're going to have Keith introduce this morning's teaching fellow. Hey guys, good morning. I hope everybody is doing well. So we already talked about this a little bit, but April 9th is going to be the Ironman of God sponsored bunk bed build. And that is going to be right down the road. So I need everybody to kind of put that into your calendar at West Orange Dream Center, if you haven't been down there, down by Plant Street, over on the east side of Winter Garden, over by the 7-Eleven, it's on the other side of the road, down as you get to 429, so we'll get that stuff out there. More importantly, this is our sponsorship, guys. This is the Ironman of God that is sponsoring this bunk bed build, not only with our time, talent, and our treasures as well, so we need that. So if you get the opportunity, we do have a link that we can send out to you, and we need to raise funds. We need to raise $7,500. We want to raise that because we want to to build over 30 beds so these beds can go to kids in our community who don't have beds and I know sometimes we don't think about that especially if you have kids you have a house you have a job these are some things that you never get a chance to think of as a matter of fact this morning my wife and I after this are gonna go deliver a couple beds and if anybody wants to join us you're welcome to join us they see that experience of getting to deliver a bed this morning but we really need to do that to raise some funds I haven't looked this morning I have a link David's making a QR code so that'll be a little bit easier I can send the link out again if if you get with me at the end of session today, I'll send you that link so that you can donate to the fund. We would love for you guys to donate to that fund so we can raise the money. Last year, we had no problem raising it, and I really appreciate it. The other thing that we do is that we make sure that most of the bunk beds that we get to build here go right to the East Winter Garden community. The West Orange Dream Center is about servicing the families in West Orange County community. That's just nothing better than that, than to see a kid get his bed for the first time. Things, again, we just don't get to think about. Think about the ramifications of that. You know, being able to sleep a night, to wake up, rested, to go to school, to learn, just start your day, right? Our job is just to make an impact on the community. And we can all do that with either our time, our talent, or our treasure is one of those three things. So, and if you have the ability with your treasure, we ask that you donate to that. I'll send the link out. It is Iron Man and God link. It is going under the Got Your Six. So we'll keep track of that and we'll make sure Sleep and Heavenly Peace gets that. The times of the build, very good, are going to be nine o'clock to 12 o'clock. But if you look at your calendar and you're like, maybe I have something going on that day and I can't do it, but I can give me a couple hours earlier. We, I'm sure we will take some volunteers because Keith and I and others will start setting up at 730 in the morning. So if you're like, hey Dave, I can't make that day, but I can give you an hour or two in the morning, we can use you for an hour or two at seven o'clock in the morning to set up and get prepared for the transition. So I'm going to turn it over to Keith, who's going to open us up in prayer this morning and introduce our speaker. Very good. Family. Guys, what a great opportunity for this to bring your family to. Bring your wives, bring your children, bring everybody out there to volunteer for this. So very good question. Thank you very much. Sleep in Heavenly Peace has a age limit of 12. And if they're littler, a little bit smaller than that, come see us and we'll be able to work something out. As long as they're not toddlers or something like that. Here you go, Keith. Gentlemen, would you join me in prayer? Father God, we just thank you for the day. We thank you for your wonderful creation. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here in, in your name, to hear your word and to hear your message. I just ask that the Holy Spirit be present with us as we listen to Bob and he talks to our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Before I formally introduce Bob, I just have one correction to make. Despite all the rumors that you've heard, Jason and Rick and I still like him, even though he's a West Point grad. Bob's a career Army, spent 15 years doing tanks. Gives me a hard time for submarines, and he did tanks. Go figure. He's a father. He's a grandfather, new grandfather, just a few months old. He has a, a grandson, and he has another one on the way. He moved here about three years ago with his wife to be near their younger daughter, and he's been going to Mosaic since before they even moved down here when he came down to visit his daughter and went to church. Just got hooked on Romans and went home and listened to all the tapes online. So without further ado, here's Bob. All right, don't really have a personal story to talk about, so I'm just going to dive into the meat of this. Our theme this year is, what is my kingdom purpose? If you were listening last week, the focus of that is, you know, what does God want to use me for in a unique way? To paraphrase Ephesians 2.10, the works that God has prepared in advance for me to do. And what our table would like to do this month is to step back a little bit, and rather than look at that particular thing, look at it kind of in a more basic level level. What is our purpose for existing? Why are we here? To really take a look at that. Because if we don't embrace that with our entire being, if we don't understand why we were created, we'll never fulfill that specific purpose. And so I'd like to leave you with two statements. One is very popular and has almost become trite because everybody says it. And that is that we exist to know God and to make him known. And the other statement is over 400 years old from the uh, Puritan Catechism. The chief end of man or the purpose of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so that's what we want to talk about this month. I'm going to talk today about knowing God, and I'm going to argue that knowing God is also to glorify God. Next week, Chris is going to talk about our purpose in making him known, and Keith will close the month out with focusing on our joy in God and, and our duty to enjoy him forever. Let me read a passage from Philippians. This is Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. And here's the heart of the Apostle Paul. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's passion, the thing that drove him was to know Christ. And in the Hebrew and the Greek, that was a relational word. Our culture, we tend to think of knowing or knowledge as facts. You know, just the facts, ma'am. But to the Greeks and the Hebrews, it included information, but it was skewed towards relationship. The literal translation of Genesis 3, when Adam had relations with Eve and Cain was born, was Adam knew his wife. And the Septuagint translation was Adam knew his wife. That gives you a sense of that word, that to know is to have relationship with, to experience. So, you know, we know our wives and we get to know them better as time goes on, and that's a a lifelong journey. And consider who I'm talking about. In the context of this year's study, what is my kingdom purpose? What does God have me to do? I couldn't have found a person in history that didn't have a more amazing kingdom purpose than Paul. He was the apostle to the 
Gentiles. He spread Christianity throughout Asia Minor into Europe. He confronted pagan Roman culture with the gospel. In Athens, he literally proclaimed the unknown God to the Greeks. He was the author of much of the New Testament. God took this highly educated Pharisee, trained under Gamaliel, and he gave us the height and the depth of the gospel in the books of Romans, Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, and the practical instructions to church leaders that were in the letters to Timothy and Titus. No fisherman could have written Romans. And so God called the Pharisee to himself so that he could use him in a way that none of the other apostles were capable of in order to do what Paul did. But Paul's accomplishments were driven by that passage. Earlier in the book of Philippians, he said, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. He said, I'd rather be in heaven, but I know I have to be here for you guys. So that was his passion. And, you know, I preach to myself here. It's easy to say this. It's easy to understand this, but it's really, really hard to do. Our flesh just gets in the way. Jesus had something similar to say when he was done the Last Supper and he prayed his high priestly prayer, John 17, he opened up with these words. He lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. Dropping down to verse 24, he says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So Jesus prayed that we would know God, and knowing God, he said, was eternal life. And then he prayed that we would see him and see his glory. And I would argue that, quite frankly, to know God is to glorify God. If we really know who God is, if we have a relationship with him, where does that take us? The glorious God of Scripture is infinitely glorious, and if, if we know him, that is going to consume us, and that is going to be our passion. Book of Romans is kind of the height and depth and breadth of the gospel. It lays out in beautiful detail all that the gospel is. The book is divided into two sections. The first 11 chapters, Paul says, this is the gospel. And then 12 through 16, he says, now, this is what it means to you. And this is what you do because of it. And at the end of chapter 11, Paul breaks out into praise and worship. Before he transitions to that, I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, he says this, Oh, the depths and the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given him a gift that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So if I could summarize the last 10 minutes in one sentence, it would be this. In our search this year for the gifts that God has given us for ministry, we need to never lose sight of God's greatest gift, and we need to never weaken in our desire for God's greatest gift, which is himself. As I said, this is simple, but it's not easy. 
and it's a lifelong pursuit. So we left you with uh, three questions for discussion. Let me close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the great, the glorious creator, and yet you stepped into our mess and you became our God and our Father. You sent your Son to redeem us and save us from our sin. Help us to just have a passion to know you better and know you more as we journey through this life with the promise that we will know you completely when you bring us home to yourself. And we just ask that you would guide our discussion in the following minutes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we go into our groups, um, this is probably the last time I'll ever hold this microphone because I'll get killed after this, but uh, Wednesday was a founder's birthday. And so I think it would be, David, you can't run away from us. David Hill, come up here. Come up here, David. You guys would not know it, but David just turned 60 years old. Give it to him. You're totally lying, man. I'm only 55. David turned 55 yesterday, so we just wanted to make sure we wish our brother, our friend, our founder a happy birthday. So if you'll join me. Don't sing. Let's sing. Please. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Love you. Thank you.